I was expecting you. Today, tomorrow, yesterday. It was only a matter of time. Welcome to John Adams High, where you are gonna die, that's right. Hey, little bro, life's tough, get a helmet. They just shot the neighbor! Sean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a babe. The Secret of Life by Plays with Squirrels. Underpants. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love the Feeney call. Welcome, 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 everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is the Feeney Podcast with your hosts, Josh, and, of course, Jacqueline's here as well. I'm here. Excellent, Jacqueline. How is everything going? Everything is great. Definitely, we're not depressed or having cabin fever at all, and I've never been better. I am not hanging on by a thread, let's put it that way. Especially since you've already had to postpone a wedding once, and who knows if it's going to need to happen again, but I'm going to just say that you're doing all right and move past it. Yep, let's just keep going. Push it deep, deep down and never bring it up again. Um, On today's episode of Boy Meets World, we've got a couple of different stories going on. We will dive into all of the fun things that are happening, but I do need to address this right out of the gates before we get into any explanations or summaries or anything. I have misspoken in the last episode. I mentioned numerous times that Topanga would be in every episode here on out and they gave us this great Cory and Topanga kiss at the end of the last episode, and poof, she's not in this episode at all. Yeah, I mean, I think the spirit of what we were saying is still accurate because she does become a main part of the the show, but uh, correct, she is not in this episode, and I was very dismayed when I got into the episode and there was some other random girl sitting in front of Cory in the classroom, and I was like, where is Topanga? Because I thought... I was expecting to see her. Yeah, same as were all of the listeners. So we apologize. I misspoke. Uh, It is also the case that Topanga will not appear in, I think, maybe like six or seven other episodes throughout the run as well. So uh, I apologize for misspeaking. She's not in this one. Hopefully we will see her again. But with that, let's dive into this episode. Jacqueline, what can you tell us about the episode? I'm glad you asked. This is season one, episode five. The episode is entitled Killer Bee, and it aired on October 22nd, 1993. Our TV guide synopsis is Feeney helps Corey prepare for a geography bee. Eric takes a date to a concert. So they really are establishing that there are two very distinct storylines happening in this episode simultaneously. My description is Corey savagely tricks Minkus into quitting a geography bee so that he can attempt to win the prize. Meanwhile, Eric throws a tantrum when he learns that his parents are attending the same concert that he is. That's a much better description. The words tantrum definitely ring true, as well as being yes. duped uh, for Minkus there. So let's let's try something new let's take each of these stories in stride we've been going scene by scene but we don't need to recap every scene that happens here you've watched the episode you know what you've seen let's take the main storyline Corey and the geography b and run with that and then we'll dive into all of the concert bullshit because that is one of the worst storylines of the show so far 
which is not saying much because we're only five episodes in, but it is not great. So this storyline with Corey and the geography bee this week, Feeney's now teaching us geography. So last week it was science. The first episode it was uh, English with the Romeo and Juliet. And now we've moved on to geography. Lots of maps suddenly in the classroom. Yeah, absolutely. Feeney's really got all of the supplies he needs for a classroom. It starts again with Corey getting humiliated about his not-so-good average mediocre grades. Dude. Um, he kind of calls himself out with saying that he got a C, but Mr. Feeney is not one to uh, be shy about revealing what everyone got on their tests. Yeah, Feeney's passing the tests out and he's like, oh, great job, so-and-so. Oh, you're so smart. And then, of course, he like hands Corey his test and he's like, well, and there's yours. And Corey completely puts himself on blast by shouting to the entire class. He's really like overacting a little bit in this scene, but I'll, I'll let it pass because he's so cute. But he's seriously like, how did I get a C on this, Mr. Feeney? Oh, my God. And he's totally calling himself out in front of everyone. Yeah, he does. Uh, you, as you mentioned, notice that there's no Topanga. There's a different random girl sitting in front of Corey. My first thought was maybe Topanga like gets pulled out for some special advanced classes. But then why is Minkus still there? So just she just been cut from this episode. Uh, but their friend who is from the squirt gun episode is sitting to Corey's right in this episode. Yeah. So one of the. Um fallen friends of of Corey's triangle is back which I also I believe that might be another correction because I'm pretty sure I uh, laid it on pretty thick about how the friend who was fired in the last episode that's where they stopped trying to make it three friends but they brought one of them back in this episode so I don't even know what's going on anymore yeah he's back his name apparently is Ellis I was wondering if he had a name. Yeah, my undercover deep background researcher has told me that his name is Ellis. This will be his last episode. He was also in Little Giants. So that's like maybe our fourth person who's appeared in that great movie. Now all we need to do is get Devin Sawa in here and we'll have a true Little Giants who's who. That's true. Or uh, or Becky the Icebox, obviously. Sure. So Ellis is wearing the same shirt he was wearing in the squirt gun episode. The same damn shirt, which the reason Josh and I are like freaked out about the shirt is because when he was in the squirt gun episode, he had this um, sort of like Afrocentric design shirt on and has writing all over it. And we could not read what it said because some of the text was in yellow and I tried pausing it and like going up to the TV. I could not figure out what this, I like looked up stills of it online to see if I could figure it out and I can't. Uh, and then now he's wearing it again, just completely rubbing it in our faces that we can't figure out what this goddamn shirt says. And he's wearing it again. Wearing it again, still can't read it. Just going to keep going. That's, you know, that's fine. Talking about the clothing a little bit here we have pointed out that Corey is a fan of the cut off hoodie where it's got no sleeves and he's got the hood coming off he takes it to a new level here not only just with the colors he's wearing a cut off hoodie 
on top of a full hoodie. <laughs> I noticed that too. But his his is like a short sleeve hoodie over a long sleeve hoodie. And it's still got those insane bold colors and the vertical stripes, which were really popular in the early 90s. And Sean is now wearing the like exact same look, but he's got the sleeves cut off totally. And I think he's got like a plaid print on his. These shirts that these kids are wearing like go down to their knees. They're so huge. Yeah, there's a lot of excellent 90s clothing in this episode, which is very noticeable. So the whole opening scene happens and we kind of learn that there is a geography bee. And of course, Minkus is the one who's been chosen to keep Mr. Feeney's streak of five straight wins alive. I don't know who these students are that are winning every year, but apparently he has quite the bunch of geography nerds. Yeah. So uh, Feeney announces to the whole class that Minkus is going to be his prize pony for this year. Apparently Feeney can only enter one student and he gets to cherry pick that student. There is no like application process or competition to qualify you. It's literally just whoever Feeney decides. And of course he picks Minkus. And then Feeney announces to the whole class that first prize of the Geography Bee is going to be the opportunity to be a bat boy at the first game of the World Series. So Corey is foaming at the mouth now. Yeah, the prize will unfortunately not be a Mercator projection pull down wall map, which gets referenced a couple of times in this episode, which for everyone out there who went to school between the years 1990 and 2010, I would imagine, it is just one of those classic pull-down maps that you saw in front of the chalkboard in your social studies class during that time. For those of you unfamiliar, there are several different uh, mapping projections that are used. The Mercator is the one that we most commonly see used everywhere. Josh, have you seen that scene from the West Wing where the like cartography people come in and try to sell the White House on switching to a different map projection. Yeah, it's one of the best episodes. It's one of the, it's the first, I believe, Big Block of Cheese Day. I'm getting really into the West Wing nerd sense now, but Big Block of Cheese Day, they have all of the kind of weird crackpots come into the White House and present their ideas. And this one definitely stands out because they present this different model. I can't remember the name of it. It's the Peters projection. The Peters projection, which completely flips the map that you know and love on its head. Yeah, it's actually very interesting because the way the Merc... God, we are like so nerding out right now. We're probably going to have to edit all of this out. But the Mercator projection, the map that we're all used to looking at, is um, it's pretty distorted in that it exaggerates the size of things that are closer to the Northern Hemisphere. So things appear larger than they actually are. And um, if, if, for anyone who's interested, I've never watched The West Wing, but this is a really funny and interesting clip. Uh, so if you just Google like map West Wing, the clip will come up on YouTube. It's a four minute clip and it's really funny and actually kind of interesting too. So recommend if you have uh, four free minutes today, check that out. Yeah, maybe we'll put a picture of the Peter's projection up on Instagram. Yes, very good idea. Awesome. Yeah, so that is not the prize. It will be the Bat Boy. We'll get into the Bat Boy stuff a little bit later for the World Series, but that is a pretty excellent prize. And so Corey's obviously super excited and now has to come up with a scheme to get Mr. Feeney to select him rather than selecting Minkus for this. And so him and his friends come up with this idea that they are going to trick Minkus into becoming cool and thus not wanting to participate in the geography bee. 
Yeah, so Corey tries to just ask Feeney flat out if he can do the Geography B instead of Minkus. And of course, Feeney's like, no, you just got a C on your test. Minkus is a golden god. Get out of here. Um, so now they've they've got to do the scheme. And it's a ridiculous scheme because it is relying on them convincing people that they're cool, which is hilarious, especially because later in the show, Corey is not portrayed as a cool kid quote unquote but sean kind of is i guess so they kidnap minkus they drag him up to Corey's room after they realize that this is the only way that Corey's going to be able to participate in the geography b and they try to give him a makeover and convince minkus to drop out of the competition so the next day you see them in the classroom and minkus says that he is going to resign because he's got a new image it's his new look his new new persona and it is Stuart minkus regular guy that's what he's going with yeah mr feeney says regular means mediocre means average that's not what you want to be that's not you who you are but minkus is he's all in on this new look and this new outlook so we cut and now corey has got the ripe opportunity to strike he's the only one sitting in the classroom Mr. Feeney says, all right, Minkus, you know, if you, that's how you feel. And so Corey's right there to strike. And they have a good moment in the hallway as Corey says, you know what? I've never really applied myself, but I feel very motivated to do this and, I, and I'm all in. Well, Minkus quits and Feeney really still doesn't want Corey, but he does let Corey sweet talk him and do it eventually, which maybe was a ruse to make sure that Corey was like really actually serious about it. But yeah, Feeney agrees. Did you notice that as they're standing in the hallway, the, the lockers were like made of wood. I've never seen this angle or this hallway. I have no idea where it came from and uh, I never want to see it again. It was very weird. It was like they were right outside of Feeney's classroom. It looked very strange and the lockers were all made of wood, but they still had those little like vents in them at the top. It was bizarre. And I agree. I would. I could do without it. <laughs> so now we're back. Corey's studying, and he points out a cool fact that the highest and lowest points in the continental U.S. are only 50 miles apart. I did look that up. That's kind of as the crow flies. If you were going to drive between Death Valley and Mount Whitney, it would take you about two hours. That's still very close, considering the vast size of our country and the fact that those two extremes are still relatively close to each other yeah it's pretty cool i've never been to either spot though it's probably only maybe a four hour five hour drive from where i am now so definitely worth checking out i think here's also a fun fact i cannot think of really anything that i would be worse at than a geography bee i am terrible at geography i've never been good at it i hate it so much so i had to google a lot of stuff in this episode there's a lot of geography deep cuts to come yeah, there are. Um, I can attest that Jacqueline is terrible <laughs> at geography. We would play on the same trivia team together. And while she knows a lot about a lot of things, she was always the powerhouse of the team. Geography would come up and sure enough, she was silent. So uh, I would have to take a knee on that every time. Yeah, we even tried divvying up different continents to study because we knew we were so bad at geography. But uh, we were just resigned to always missing those questions. Shout out to Chelsea Trivia, who is a big Boy Meets World fan and who was our number one trivia host for many years. Hi, Chelsea. All right. So Corey's studying. 
and Minkus shows up with the friends. Um, the, his, Corey's friends are trying to get him to go out and play. He's studying, and then Minkus shows up in the most insane outfit we have seen on the show so far. He walks up in here looking like a reject from the crisscross group with these humongous yellow jeans and suspenders and just looking like a complete fool. If you recall in the Squirt Gun episode, Sean calls Minkus the banana. Uh, this would have been a great time to save that insult for right now because his he was wearing like yellow jeans and they were huge i have nothing to add it was so insane what he was wearing it's gonna be seared into my brain forever i think well so he shows up looking like that and Corey is like hey i need you to help me study and minkus is just like i'm sorry i'm cool now i don't want to use my brain and he's like let's go throw bottles at, at what what does he say they're like gonna go play around in the drainage pipe or something. It was like some ridiculous. Yeah, break bottles on something. I I can't remember either. Yeah, because he's cool now. He's gonna go be cool. We get a lot of pop culture references in this one scene here. First, Minkus mentions MTV House of Style. Is that something you ever remember watching? We were a little bit young for that, but I I want to say like Cindy Crawford hosted it. This was like before MTV just became total garbage it was like the mtv golden days but no i never watched it yeah cindy crawford rebecca romaine and molly sims all mega models at the time and up through the 90s were the hosts and the show is about the growing fascination of the supermodel fashion industry which i never watched either but they mentioned that and your fan favorite Beavis and Butthead gets a lot of applause again in this episode. What the hell is up with this studio audience? <laughs> I knew you were love that. Minkus is like, <laughs> like what? The- I'm watching it. I'm like, seriously, again, two episodes in a row. Minkus is like, I'm gonna go watch Beavis and Butthead, and the crowd goes wild. They are loving every Beavis and Butthead reference. I don't understand what is going on or why these people keep cheering for Beavis and Butthead, but it is happening. Yeah, they love that show. Uh, And then right (laughs) as Minkus leaves, he says, just when I thought I was out, they suck me back in, which is basically the line. It's a little different, but it's basically the line from The Godfather Part 3. Did you ever watch The Sopranos? I watched the first couple seasons. There's like a running joke in that where one of the mobster guys just like does an impression of Al Pacino doing that one line. And for some reason, everyone thinks it's so funny and they'll just be like, do the line, do the line. And he keeps doing it over and over again. And every time he does it, he gets a huge laugh. Yeah. Minkus's impression, not great. No. Famous, famous line though. I did not find any information to confirm that the Hawaiian islands were once called the Hawaii sandwich islands. I could not confirm that. So I don't know if that's accurate. I, all of the other geographic mef- references they make are accurate. So I, I imagine that it would be, but that was a weird one I couldn't find much on. Right. So Corey is still studying. Minkus leaves. Feeney comes out and he sees Corey studying and he is just loving it. I mean, he is like standing over Corey with this like shit eating grin, just so pleased with himself that he finally got Corey to study. And Corey is like, this is actually very interesting, Mr. Feeney. And he drops that little tidbit about uh, the Sandwich Islands. I did not realize Earl of Sandwich, which is who allegedly in this 
back and forth the Hawaii was named after. Earl of Sandwich is actually not a specific guy. It's a title. So there have been many Earl of Sandwiches. I guess the first one maybe was the one who invented the actual sandwich. It could have been could have been any of them. Could have been any of them. Yeah, I didn't realize that either, but that is a great name. We cut to the actual geography bee. It's the day of, they're on the stage. And to be honest, to get a chance to be the Bat Boy at the opening game of the World Series and there are only five nerds standing in your way, that's the best chances you're ever going to have. Honestly, this is not a big geography bee. It is usually with these things, there's like many rounds and you have to qualify to be in them. But Feeney just picked a student And I guess there's only five schools competing. It's craziness. It is. Maybe Feeney's got some sort of like automatic buy into the finals since he's five-time champ in a row. Whatever it is, Corey's got a 20% chance here of moving on to to get this dream job. But as we would expect, uh, he just gets absolutely destroyed. He chokes. The look on his face when he's looking around is, I laughed so hard at his like deer in a headlights face. Yes, he, they show, in an earlier scene, he, his parents are doing flashcards with him and they're like, what's the Buckeye State? What's the tallest mountain in Africa? And he's like just rattling off all the answers to these questions. And then they get to the geography bee and he totally chokes. These questions are way, way too hard for 11 year olds and for me well yeah like i've never heard of any of these and they're really playing up the like that these kids are geniuses you know they have them in totally dorky clothes with dorky voices and stuff and oh the voices of these girls are terrible they are terrible these girls are the worst actors ever and the one girl is like I'd like to answer this geography question. She has like a stupid voice. She sounds ridiculous. It was so annoying to watch. Yeah, they're the worst. It's probably worth mentioning a little bit of the geography that comes up here, including the Tuamotus, which, for reference, are the largest chain of atolls in the world. Atolls are like little islands surrounded by coral reefs. So even though they are French owned, which they say in the episode, the closest country that they're located to is New Zealand. They are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I I had to look these up. It's the Tuamotu Archipelago, and it is in the South Pacific Ocean, part of French Polynesia. And it's like if you were in Lima, Peru, and you just got in a boat and headed due west until you were in the middle of the ocean, that's where these islands are located. They're literally just in the middle of nowhere, like Josh said. You have to zoom in very tightly into Google Maps to even see them start to pop up. So the fact that these girls rattle them right off is impressive. Um, One of the girls ends up winning. She says, what a stupid prize. I wish I could get the pull-down map again. And Corey is sitting there super bummed, kind of quizzing himself about all of the things he thought was going to be on the geography bee. Yeah, he's sitting there sort of like robotically reading off his flashcard notes that he had memorized. And he actually makes a little blunder here, Josh, a little blunder for a little Corey. You know, he says, Alaska is the northernmost of the United States. Florida is the southernmost of the United States, and that is incorrect. If we are including Alaska and Hawaii, then Hawaii is actually the southernmost of the United States. 
But if we exclude Alaska and Hawaii and we just are looking at the continental or the contiguous United States, then Florida is southernmost point and uh, Minnesota would be the northernmost point. Interesting. Good double checking. I pulled up the map here and you're absolutely right. Hawaii is further south than Florida. It's weird that he would mention Alaska and that he didn't mention Hawaii as the further south. That is a that's a weird error to have. Yeah, if he had said that Minnesota was the northernmost and then Florida was the southernmost, I would have just assumed that he was going by the continental U.S. But the fact that he mentioned Alaska made me think that he made a little blunder here. Would you have guessed Minnesota as being the northernmost state of the continental U.S.? Nope. Thought Maine maybe sticks up there, but Maine is below a bunch of states. It is North Dakota, Montana, Washington, all of those go a little bit further north. This story kind of wraps up back in the classroom. Minkus is back to normal. That was short-lived. Corey, he asks Minkus who owns the Tuamotus, and Minkus, just off the top of his head, answers the correct answer automatically. Corey realizes that, yeah, Minkus probably would have won. Yeah, Minkus with his, oh, France. They're owned by France. Did you think Minkus was like a total overactor in this episode? He really just started to annoy me, and I understood why they wrote him off. I was like done with Minkus by the end of this episode. But anyway, yeah, so Corey asks him, and Minkus gets the question right, and Corey's like, oh, you know, Feeney, Minkus would have won it for you, and he feels pretty bad. But he's like, but you know, I did the best I could. And this scene is a really, really good Feeney moment. Essentially, Feeney's like, do you really think you studied as hard as you could? You did your best. And Corey's like, yeah, I really did. And Feeney's like, well, you know, you got an A on your geography test this week. And he's really proud of Corey. And he like pins it up on the board next to all the Geography B awards and says, we won. So, and, you know, there's a really sweet moment and Corey gives him a low five and they they have like a, a nice cute moment together. And you kind of realize that Feeney was playing Corey the whole time. Like Feeney knew that the Geography B was going to be way too hard for Corey. And he knew that there was no way Corey was going to be able to win it. But he was just so excited to see Corey taking an interest in school and that he just rolled with it and he knew that Corey did the best he could. Yeah, initially I'm thinking to myself, why isn't Mr. Feeney trying harder to get Minkus to stay? Like, I think if he would have put some pressure on Minkus or, or just forcefully said, listen, you're doing this, you committed, you're doing it, he would have done it and he would have won. And I think the whole time, you know, Mr. Feeney is now thinking, you know what, it's it's okay. The more important thing here is if I can get Corey to realize that like studying and trying hard can actually pay off, that's going to be more important than the long term. And Feeney's so good at playing the long game like that. Oh yeah, he is. He was he was really playing Corey like a fiddle. And he does a really cute little speech about how the explorers of yore used to take their boats to the ends of the earth and Corey took his boat out and he didn't fall off the cliff but instead he was victorious and blah 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 in his feeny way you know i'm not doing it any justice but it was really cute it's a great end to this story and uh just again endears you to mr feeny as the great man that he is we wrap this really up with a post-credit scene Corey's watching the world series game one and you get some really funny banter between the two announcers of the game talking about the like bat girl who's come out with her banner about getting France out of the Tuamotus. And <laughs> the one part I didn't understand, I guess this is because they film it 
in advance of when the World Series would actually be happening. But in 1993, the World Series was between the Phillies and the Toronto Blue Jays. Game one was in Toronto, so they would have actually had to fly this person to Toronto to be the bat person for that game. And they mentioned Barry Bonds. He's the only player mentioned by name. I can understand why they mentioned Barry Bonds. This was his second consecutive MVP season. He had played for Pittsburgh, won the MVP, signed a big contract with the San Francisco Giants where his father had played, won the MVP that year. He had 336 with 46 home runs, 123 RBIs, but... Unfortunately, the Giants did not make the World Series, so this is all a little bit of fiction. Yeah, I guess they picked a famous player that they knew Corey would be really excited to meet, and they just sort of like created this fantasy around it. That was a really funny thing when Corey was fantasizing about being a bat boy, and he's like, here's your bat, Mr. Bonds. Oh, you want me to pinch it for you? Oh, you insist? Like He's just having this whole little moment in his head. It's cute. But yeah, this scene was really funny. They're like, the Batgirl is is protesting France in the Tuamotos. And they have this whole back and forth where they're like in their announcer voices, quoting all the geography facts from the Geography B. And Corey's like sitting there rolling his eyes. It's really funny. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I will just use my platform here to just mention that Barry Bonds was an excellent baseball player before all of the steroid use and uh, all of the craziness that launched him into the investigations and everything that happened in like the 2001 to three seasons. So just a shout out to Bonds. Yes, he cheated and did some things that were pretty sketchy, but he was also a hell of a baseball player long before that ever happened. Uh, Well, he wasn't that good because he got struck out by Henry Rowengarter in Rookie of the Year. So how good was he? (laughs) Uh, i have have no no rebuttal what a sweet little double play that was that that was the main plot line there there's also this ongoing kind of side story which really rubbed me the wrong way and the more i think about it the more it's annoying me but we've got this concert eric's got tickets to go to see aerosmith he's going to take heather his girlfriend who makes her first actual appearance in this episode and then he finds out that his parents also have tickets to the concert and he throws like you've mentioned in the summary a tantrum yeah eric throws an absolute fit his mom asks him to babysit and he's like i can't i'm going to the aerosmith concert and she's like cool we'll carpool and eric becomes absolutely enraged at the idea that his parents would be attending the same concert as him also aerosmith tickets that's not a cheap date to take Heather on. I mean, for a high schooler to afford those tickets, that's pretty insane. He must have been saving up for a long time. Well, funny you should mention that. Did a little research, and by did, I mean I had my researcher, my brother, Dan, shout out, do some deep dives here. The Aerosmith tour in 1993 was the Get a Grip tour. They were at the Spectrum in Philadelphia on September 22nd, and tickets the average cost were $22.50. Are you freaking kidding me? That's uh that's what the research said. So a little more affordable again like who knows maybe who's making $3 an hour at the store or something like that but still a day's work to get a couple of tickets that's not bad. Wow. Well, so at any like that's great. I'm it's like blowing my mind. So Eric is like 
you're ruining my first concert, mom, by also attending it. And she's like, it's not even, it's not your first concert. It's not even your first Aerosmith concert. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she says, uh, Madison Square Garden, 1978, we were there and you were here and like points to her belly. And Eric is just like flying off the handle. Also sidebar, Aerosmith did play at Madison Square Garden in November of 1978. So that was a real concert too. Yeah. The only slack I can cut him is that he's supposedly never been to a concert and maybe doesn't realize like how loud and dark and far away you might be when you're there sitting in row CC and he's sitting all the way up. But like the odds of them even seeing each other at a huge event like this and like knowing where they're sitting and all of that, it's it's total bullshit. It's crazy and Eric's being such a baby about it. I can't leave this scene, however, without mentioning that Morgan has the funniest scenes of the entire episode when first she's sitting up on the counter where all of her funny things happen and she's just throwing shit away into the garbage including the broccoli which she like smells and then just dumps in i laughed so hard at that yeah amy brings in the groceries and uh, morgan's like going through while this whole like argument about the aerosmith concert is happening morgan's going through the groceries and you see her like toss the broccoli away and then Amy comes back and is like, where's the broccoli? And Morgan's like, I don't know. I didn't see any broccoli. And then Amy finds it in the trash can and says, what is it doing in the trash can? And Morgan says, it's hiding the liver. <laughs> so she had, so she had thrown away the the liver, which they bought for, for reasons unknown. And then she threw away the broccoli too. Anyway. Morgan also, when they are referencing the concert at madison square garden she points to her belly she says you ate him <laughs> which is a funny little morgan line and then she doesn't show up really until the end but yeah so this this whole thing goes on there eric again like throughout the episode is trying to convince his parents not to go and not to go and it's going to be this horrible terrible thing and then even after the concert he's still being a baby his girlfriend's sitting right there she said she had a good time and he's still being a baby about it so they, they get back from the concert and Eric is there with his girlfriend. It's our first look at Heather. She's lovely, beautiful, beautiful, thick red hair. Did not look familiar. I looked her up. She was played uh, such auspicious roles as, and she was in Terminator 2 as the role of girl. And then after that, I just stopped looking. She's not, you know, it looks like she had done a lot of stuff, but it was all bit stuff. Her name is Nikki Cox. And her biggest role was on General Hospital. And then, as you mentioned, some terrible movies, including The Nutty Professor 2. And that's when I stopped looking. Yeah, yeah. I, I tapped out pretty quickly. But at any rate, she's there. And Eric is really making himself look like an idiot in front of his girlfriend. He's bitching about how his mom and dad were dancing in the aisles at the concert. And she was like, I thought they were cute and they were having fun. And he's like, just sulking and being insane and then his parents get home and he's flying off the handle and yelling at them in front of his girlfriend and basically the parents like kick everyone out of the room and they make it seem like they're gonna yell at eric for being a baby but really they were just like hey uh you're lucky that we're actually cool so shut up and then they leave him alone with his girlfriend and then he realizes that they're uh they're not so bad after all because now he can suck face with his girlfriend on the couch. 
Yeah, a quick little Alan Matthews lesson at the end. Feeney isn't the only one dishing out some good advice here, but he basically just says, live with it, man. Like, we're the cool parents, and it's better than what I grew up with. And and so that settles that, but not a strong storyline. It really makes Eric look like kind of a baby here. So that is episode five. We get some good Corey lines throughout and learn a couple of lessons along the way. Remember that the new episodes of the Feeney podcast come out every Monday and Friday, and we are on Instagram at Feeney Podcast. That is where we are most active, but feel free to send us a message, listen anywhere that podcasts can be found. Yes, thank you guys so much. I do want to prepare our fans, our listeners for next episode is also a no Topanga episode. So I just want you all to be mentally prepared for that, but we will get through it. And soon enough, we will be having more Topanga than we can even handle. Excellent. Thank you for that. Thank you all for listening. We hope you have a good day and we'll see you all again next time. Bye, everyone. 